0: Yo, what's up guys? This is Dave with Dynasty Dorks. We're a year-round fantasy football podcast and we do dynasty and redraft content. Thanks for the follow. Good luck this season. What is going on guys? Two weeks of football are already in the books. I just took one, one tough L tonight. Um, Real reality fantasy football update. Uh, I had the second highest score and that was not good enough. Um, Ended up being the third highest score. Um, Jared Goff apparently is Lamar Jackson running for about 50 yards and crushing my hopes and dreams. I uh, hope you had a a good fancy weekend Ralph how how was your weekend
1: oh man um it was coming down to the wire with me as well right now i was i was like i was telling you i was i needed deandre swift to not get 17 points um but to get 12 to so i could win a league and he did just that so it was i i think he ended with like 14 or 15 points but he didn't get the 17 Um, so it's, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. I'm coming off a a little victory high, so I'm, I'm feeling good.
0: Nice. Nice. Yeah. I had, had definitely had a couple dubs this weekend, but that right now is probably my biggest league. Um, for those that don't know, I am one of the contestants for the real reality fantasy football competition. Um, the overall prize is, is, uh, you know, $3,500 and, uh, you, you obviously just pride, um, because this thing is, uh, the first ever reality fantasy football show. And I want to be the first one to win it. Um, so it was, it was a rough one, but we move on, we move on to week three. And what's most important about week three, when you're evaluating your rosters, you need to look who you need to add and who you need to drop. So to show you what's, what's going on with sleeper, I want to show you guys real quick. Let me move the overlay and let's talk about what's going on and what's trending on sleeper. The best available players in this particular league are right here. But the trending players, let me see if I can, there we go. Trending up, Cardell Patterson, KJ Osborne, Rondell Moore, Carolina Panthers D, Derek Carr. I think we're going to talk about a lot of these guys. Tony, Tony Pollard, Quintus Cephas, James White, Freddie Swain, J.D. McKissick, Sterling Shepard, Daniel Jones, Nick Folk, Marquise Brown, Max Williams, uh, I don't rec- I don't really recommend that one. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, Zach Pascal, Henry Ruggs, Sony Michelle, Braxton Berrios, Jacoby Brissett, Daniel Carlson, Jack Doyle, Dimitri Felton, Kirk Cousins. So that, those are the guys that are most popular ads. And then you can see on the side here, guys are being dropped or traded. Tony Jones dropped. Uh, That's why Jones he's, he's on my team. That's why they have that negative there. Gerald Everett, Nelson Aguilar, Packers D, Ronald Jones, uh, Peyton Barber, Washington defense, Larry Roundtree, Trevor Lawrence, uh, Cardinals and Saints, James Conner, Browns, Le'Veon Bell, Mark Ingram, LaVisca Chenault, Trey Sermon, Jawan Johnson, Jason Sanders, Jameis Winston, Marquez Calloway. A lot of Saints after they put up an egg. And then free Vanilla Vic over here. Vanilla Vic, for those of you who don't know, that is Dale Jones. All right. So as far as the waiver wires, as far as the the news, the big news was all the injuries. And the injuries are really going to set the table for everything we do today. Before we talk about the injuries, we have to talk about our sponsor. It is this side. It is Manscaped. So Manscaped, um, everyone, you know, you make sure you take care of your beard. Everyone's got beards these days. It's going to be no shave November here in a second, but do not do no shave November for your below the belt grooming. Go to manscaped.com. It is the number one option. When you're talking about your waiver wire, you're talking about your priorities. It's the number one option for men's below below the belt grooming. Over 2 million men have trusted their family jewels with the right tools from Manscaped.com. Go to Manscaped.com, put in promo code DynastyDorks, all one word, all capital, DynastyDorks20, and get 20% off plus free shipping. So the news, the news, the news, the news. There were so many injuries. Every time you turned on a game, there was injuries. So, um, you know, obviously injuries are the worst part of fantasy football. Um, Baker Mayfield got hurt, came back in the game, shoulder injury. Tua Viola, he left first quarter. Mm -hmm. Rib injury, they said it's going to be week to week based on his pain tolerance. Andy Dalton had a bone bruise is what they're calling it. Second quarter, he came back in, left. Tyrod Taylor mysterious kind of injury. Then they announced it was a, a hamstring injury and they immediately announced he was out for Thursday night and he's out for extended amount of time. So Deshaun Watson is also a healthy scratch. So Davis Mills, you are up. Jeff Driscoll is now the backup. Carson Wentz. He had a nasty uh, kind of foot injury, which we had, he had a previously already had a foot injury, but his ankle got kind of caught in the turf underneath Aaron Donald and got rolled on. And then he also hurt the other ankle. So he has two sprained ankles is what they are saying. Jacob Easton finished the game, did not look good. San Francisco 49ers, every single running back that they, they had except for Trenton Cannon got hurt yesterday. Elijah Mitchell. They're saying it was a stinger. He's having an MRI on his shoulder, but they're saying he's going to be okay. Jermichael Hasty hurt his ankle. Um, he is a uh, day to day, uh, he should play this week, but watch him on the injury. And then Trey sermon is he got one, one snap, one carry, one concussion. It was not a good debut. Supposedly I didn't see the hit, but supposedly it was kind of a dirty hit or a late hit, but, um,
1: It was a dirty hit. It, I mean, it looks bad. It, yeah, I, I can't imagine my first NFL snap looking like that. <laughs>
0: That, yeah, it sucks. I mean, when they, and like, I was listening to fantasy, fantasy Pros, they were talking about it, and they don't usually call stuff like that. When they said it was kind of a late slash dirty hit, uh, I hate to hate to hear that. Um, Henderson, uh, he had a rib injury. He left. They said he could miss two to four weeks. Um, so we'll definitely talk about Sonny Michelle. Um, Josh Jacobs, the, the, earlier in the week, they said everything was hurting, and that's why he was out. Um, he ended up, you know, with a toe injury that he was going into week one with. Then he had ankle injury. So he has, you know, toe and ankle issues. Um, he is, you know, week to week. Uh, Austin Eckler, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Christian McCaffrey all got hurt. Dalvin Cook got hurt. He was in and out several times, kind of pulling a Shady McCoy situation. Um, we'll see what's going on with Eckler, um, C.H., and McCaffrey. Both finished the game, so they should be okay. Um, the Browns might be out. Both are top receivers. Odo Beckham's an uncertain timetable. And then Jarvis Landry left early in the game with a apparent MCL injury. Um, typically MCLs are two to four weeks as long as he doesn't need any type of surgery. Um, when he was out Rashad Higgins and saw increased role. Um, Anthony Schwartz has been really manning the OBJ spot. And then Donovan Peoples Jones was also another one. So those are your three Cleveland Browns, uh, Receivers for this week, most likely, unless Odell Beckham comes back. Deontay Johnson at the end of the game on pretty much a meaningless play. He got hurt. The extent of the injury has not been uh, announced. Um, hopefully the fact that they haven't said anything, usually if it's like an Achilles or an uh, ACL, they announce it pretty early. So who knows what it is, but he needed to be like helped off the field. So James Washington will be the person that gets up, but he will no longer, he will not like jump to the number one. He'll probably go to the three and you'll see Claypool and and Juju as the one too. Um, Yeah. And as far as tight ends, we still don't know if Evan Ingram is going to be back. I don't think there was any major tight end injuries. Um, Johnny Smith came back from injury, Um, but man, that's a long list and we're only at week two, man. How'd yeah. your team do? Did you escape the uh, the injuries, or any major injuries affected you? The the I mean, the
1: biggest one was Eckler went out for I think a play or two, um, but I escaped most of them um, untouched, which was which was good. Um, but not good to see all these players getting hurt week two. I think it's just it's also I mean it's early in the season, so you you figure obviously the conditioning is is getting there, but it's it's tough to see. Luckily, I wasn't I wasn't too impacted by it. I will say in one league I was going against the guy who had Tua and sure. that, that is a league that I just barely squeaked by for, for three points. And so it's, I got, I got very lucky. Um, and obviously yeah. Tua comes back soon, but um, man, that's a lot of injuries.
0: Yeah. It, there's, there's definitely, I mean, there's, there's more that I probably missed. Um, I know Amari Cooper had bruised ribs. I missed that one. So Amari Cooper's dealing with bruised ribs. That's another injury. So yeah, um, yeah, just be be watchful. Oh, and Derek Carr. Um, Derek Carr has uh, he's questionable this week with a, with an ankle injury. So it's just there's just so many injuries. It, it's it's hard to keep up with them all. Yep. So um, so here's the the you know the main thing we need to talk about. So you got these injuries. You're having to you know handle this. Uh, you know you're going to the waiver wire. We'll talk about quarterbacks first. Who is the, the number one quarterback or one of the number one, one of the quarterbacks you're prioritizing on the waiver wire this week?
1: You know, I mean, I hope that people obviously s- scrambled last week to get Heineke, but if you didn't and people left him on the bench or left him on, on as a free agent, go get him. That, that Washington offense is, is made for passing. I mean, obviously Fitzpatrick is a gunslinger. They were preparing to to throw that ball the entire year, and Heineke did just that last week, Um, and he looked good doing it. I mean, yes, it was against the Giants' defense that isn't the worst against you know the pass, but um Heineke looked good, and, and and obviously McLaurin takes a bump with Heineke. I, I know a lot of people were kind of on the fence on, on, on whether you know start him, sit him, but one start your studs, two he looked he looks amazing out there. I, I hope. I hope they they throw it to Gibson a little bit more, but that's just me personally. Um, you know, but but I think Heineke is one guy that I'm absolutely targeting. Um, who's who's the backup for the Raiders in case Carr can't go since Mariota's on IR?
0: It's gonna be Nathan Peterman.
1: Oh my gosh. Um. So yeah.
0: So I, I wanted to bring that up when we talk about cool. defenses. Um. We could end up, instead of seeing Tua versus Carr, we could end up seeing Nathan Peterman versus Jacoby Brissett.
1: Disgusting.
0: And that'll be a very, um, very low over under. Um, I, the big one, I appreciate you leaving me the big one here, and that is Justin Fields. Yep. Um, Justin Fields, we saw a little bit of what the, the knock is. Everyone says, you know, like, why did this guy fall in the draft? Why do people hate this guy? And one of the knocks on him was that he holds the ball too long and he can't get off his read. I myself gave him the, you know, excuse of Ohio State kind of designed it that way. Like, yeah. you know, and he did a very good job. PFF graded him very highly at getting to his second read. But in the preseason, out of all the quarterbacks that played, there was over 100 quarterbacks that played in the preseason. He held the ball the longest out of everybody. And then you saw it happen this weekend where he locked onto a a guy, didn't Mm -hmm. see the other, you know, didn't see the linebacker coming across through a pick. He also held the ball too long, took a sack, took a big hit, fumbled the ball. Luckily he collected it back, but it was not really the best performance. That being said, he wasn't prepared to start that week. They didn't have a game plan set up specifically for him. They will be prepared to have him start this week and possibly for the next couple weeks. You got to get Justin Fields. And the other part of this is he's not probably, probably not going to be a one or two week fill in. I know they said when Dalton gets back healthy, he'll take, you know, but Tyrod Taylor was supposed to take the job back from Justin Herbert last year. He never did. Yeah. So you could end up getting Justin Fields, who has an amazing, amazing ceiling. And he's in 48, he's only rostered in 48% of ESPN leagues. So go pick him up, even if it's a speculative ad and you don't start him this week. Go pick him up. Go pick Heineke. Heineke's another one that could – he could end up just cementing himself. Every week that he does well, it's closer and closer to him keeping that job, not only for this year but for next year because he signed a two-year contract with them this this offseason. Yeah. So who let the dogs out? And um, the guys that are under 50% on ESPN, we have Kirk Cousins, Daniel Jones, Jared Goff, Sam Darnold, Matt Ryan, Taylor, Taylor, Heineke, Tyler Heineke and Teddy Bridgewater. Any, any one of those stand out to you as someone you're targeting?
1: Daniel Jones. I would have to say that. I mean, his, his, his rushing upside and I said this during the off season is his rushing upside is, is kind of goes on un, unspoken. Um, I mean, obviously, he pulled off, what, 95 yards this, this last game against Washington, 95, 98, yeah. something yeah. along those lines. Um, but they – and they have designed run plays for the guy. It's not like he's scrambling because that pocket collapses. No, I mean, these are designed plays for him, and he he finds a way to get that ball out. So um, I picked up Daniel Jones and, and Scott Fishbowl um, in the fifth or sixth, I think. And, and, and yes, it was a little early, but QBs were flying off the board quick. But I've I've liked Daniel Jones this offseason, and, I mean, he he looked – he looks pretty darn good this past week. And I I think he continues that, that momentum. So I think I'm, I'm, I'm picking up Daniel Jones as well.
0: Yeah, he definitely was on the radar. I think, you know, you get, you can't, you can't ignore what Teddy Bridgewater and Derek Carr are doing. Um, you know, and if you're in your one quarterback leagues, I would take Daniel Jones over those guys for the upside. But as far yeah. as, you know, Teddy Bridgewater and Derek Carr, those guys are, you know, they may not win you the week, but they're, they're, they're not going to lose you the week, and that's that's kind of the, the safe floor you want with someone like that or a Baker Mayfield, things like that. Um, as far as Sam Darnold, he's got a tough matchup this week. Yeah. Um, but, again, with the things going on on Thursday with, with Houston, Sam Darnold could be a sneaky play. Mm-hmm. Um, Houston defense has not been actually not been letting up a lot of points to the quarterback. Actually, the ESPN had them as the number one against uh, the quarterback. But that should change as more numbers come in. And um, Sam Darnold could be a good play this week. Uh, Kirk Cousins, they've been airing it out a lot. And the defense is pretty bad. And then um, Jared Goff has a, has a very soft uh, matchup this week. Um, and they kept him in all game today. And he got a lot of garbage time points last week, a lot of garbage time points this week. He's uh, he's making up a lot of ground that way. Yeah. Running backs. We talked about a few guys that got hurt.
1: Who is the top running backs that you're going after week three? Man, if I'm looking at it, it's I'm number one is, is Pollard Um, PPR machine. I, 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 I figured he had, he would have some sort of role in this offense this off season, but not the way that he's looked the first two games. I mean, it's, he's, he's, he's ranked above Zeke um, in, 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 in rush yards per carry. He's ranked above Zeke on yards per reception. Um, the guy just creates yardage after he gets the ball. He, he's a yard after catch machine. He's he's a yard after a first contact machine. Um, you know, I, I did not anticipate. I think this week he racked up twenty three PPR points, which which is just crazy I, as a as a second string. Um, yeah. I, I think as big of a Zeke fan as I am, I, I really think that backfield is a two headed monster now instead of just that one man show that we've historically seen from Zeke so um, the tides are turning but if if I can go out there and grab a guy it's it's going to be Pollard um, it's it's a great matchup next week I, I think a lot of people might be a little scared that holy crap Dak's threw for 200 yards in Dallas one are they going to go to a rush heavy team I think it, it depends on the matchup and, and, and this week they've got Philly Philly's got a good running defense um, I think that scripting could change and obviously Dak might throw it for 350 yards again um, but Pollard is an absolute pickup this week for me.
0: Yeah, and you know everyone remembers the hashtag Free Aaron Jones movement that was a yep. few years ago while Mike McCarthy was calling the shots, and he likes two headed backfields. You know the Jason Garrett likes one, you know one guy, and that's what Zeke was Zeke has been for his entire career. But mm-hmm. since McCarthy's taken over, Zeke has taken less snaps, so his upside's down a little bit but Pollard is 100% someone you need to pick up. And if Zeke were to go down, then Pollard would be to the moon. Um, you'd probably see, you know, someone else, you know, come in a little bit, to, but he would take that lead role. And he just shows so much potential out there um, in your, you know, in the receiving game that you have to get him. Um, Sonny Michelle, he's a little bit more owned, um, but I still want to mention him, obviously. Uh, he's in 63% of your league's owned. So that means about 30, 40% of your leagues. He's not. So Sonny Michelle is someone that is likely going to be the lead back for LA for the next two to four weeks. Um, And the LA, he looked pretty good, had some fresh legs and um, you know, he's going to be in that high powered um, Matthew, Matthew Stafford led offense. Um, Some other guys to mention, James White is 55.7% owned Latavius Murray. uh, I really think he's someone you should target. He's, you know, he saw a lot of action you know, a lot of people spend a lot of money on Tyson Williams. Mm-hmm. Latavius Murray is – he's a veteran. John Harbaugh's he's going to want the veteran guy. And in pass protection and goal line, that's where they're going to look for Latavius Murray. Um, Alexander Madison needs to be prioritized. Dalvin Cook was banged up. And if he continues to get banged up, which is, you know, he's taken a lot of carries in the last few years. He has a history of injury. I would I would put Alexander Madison right there with Tony Pollard as far as priority, just because if, if Cook went down, Madison would be everyone's going to be spending a ton of fab, and you're going to be like, you know, I already have him, and you can use him as a trade piece. I think his ceiling as far as asset value is up there with Pollard, Kenny um, Gainwell. So speaking of the Dallas uh, Eagles game, mm-hmm. um, which is I think uh, Monday night next week,
1: Monday night, yep.
0: Um, Gainwell someone we talked about all offseason. Everybody loved him before the draft. After the draft, they hated him. He went from your RB4 before the draft. The drafts and rookie drafts in um, April, he was the RB4 rookie drafts in June. He was the RB8 behind Carter, behind Sermon, behind a bunch of guys. He looks good, and that is another two-headed, three-headed monster, and he is clearly in that Naheem Hines role in that Frank Reich style of an offense. He is, uh, he's taking a lot of the passing down work, but we've even seen him used in the goal line. And um, he's a very key part of that offense. Um, Tony Jones. I know that, you know, we didn't see a lot of action from the saints last week, but they still like to run two running backs. Then you have our uh, Cordero Patterson who had a resurgence this week. Um, you know, Mike Davis was never, he's never been, a workhorse back and he yeah. kind of fell into that role at Carolina. So everyone wanted like Kenny Gainwell or someone like that to go to Atlanta to share that backfield with them. They didn't get anybody, but they ended up with Patterson. Everyone wanted to make JV and Hawkins a thing.
1: Yeah, I did. But,
0: yeah. Cardo that Patterson yeah. is that thing. And he looks really good and he looks really involved in the passing game. And when they couldn't run the ball up the middle, they use Patterson to get on the edges, use him in the, you know, use him in the screen game. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got some juice. And then Jermichael Hasty. Um, it's clear they have a problem with Trey Sermon right now. And even when he comes back and everyone's healthy, um, you're going to have Hasty as the number two. Um, for a second, he was the number one, but uh, he ended up getting hurt. Um, yeah. But he's the number two. But Jeff Wilson, I, don't don't forget about him. If you have an IR spot, you can use that spot. Grab Jeff Wilson put him in there. He could end up being at the end of the season, the, the RB one for the 49ers with how things are going.
1: Yeah. Did you, did you mention Michael Carter? I did not. I think Michael Carter is a, as a sneaky play. Um, his snap percentage, I want to say, if, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, doubled um, 11 carries, 59 yards, three targets. Um, obviously, yes, the jets were playing down and, and some of those targets probably came from some garbage time points, but um 11 carries 59 yards that's pretty darn good um against yeah. defense who historically is 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 pretty good i mean that new england defense i mean shit wilson threw for what three four pi- four picks four picks so i mean four picks from him obviously the ground game was was non-existent but still it's it's a sign of life from carter after that terrible week one i i, I think Carter's a solid pickup
0: no, I like that call. And yeah, the first week it was just glad he, glad he was active and glad he yeah. got a couple, you know, snaps now to see him increase. I mean, the, the jets, they, they didn't spend a huge amount of draft capital on him, but their team that is, they know they're rebuilding and they, they need to evaluate this young roster. And, um, Tevin Coleman and Ty Johnson, just, they're not going to be, they're not going to do it. And I think after two weeks, you already you already can see him starting to creep in. So I like that call. Yeah. All right. So receivers. This was a good week for some receivers. Not only did we see some guys repeat good performances from week one, because we're like, mm, let's go check these guys out and see if they're for real. We saw some repeat performances, but we had some really really big performances from guys like Tyler Lockett and Cooper Cup. Cup, I'm actually trying to trade for as we speak. Um, it's hard to buy a guy after big games like that, but uh, I mean, sometimes you got to pay the piper. Yep. And yep. Um, so, as far as receivers, there's probably not as many receivers to talk about on free agency. I think last week, you know, we we picked them all up, but there are a few guys that I want to talk about. I'll let you go
1: first. Yeah, I think two guys I really want to talk about. Um, the first one for me is is obviously, and, and and I'll leave the the obvious one for you just so I don't take them all, um, but the first one for me is Hunter Renfro. I I mean, hopefully Derek Carr stays healthy. Hopefully Derek Carr can go out there and play, but when Derek Carr is there, Hunter Renfro is his guy. That's his safety blanket. Yeah. Um, yes, it's Waller. He targets Waller a ridiculous amount, but when Waller's covered and they're playing two-man on on Waller, Renfro is his go-to guy um we've seen for the first two weeks of the season we're looking at 16 targets 11 receptions um if you're in a ppr league he's averaged right now about 12 points a game um he's not going to win you the the week he's not going to be anything more than a flex play but it's a solid flex play especially with bye weeks coming up in a few weeks um a plug and play for him and obviously he's he's one of those guys that usually he's not going to put up anything less than 10 points because he's averaging five or six receptions so Hunter Renfro, and, I mean, if we're looking at sleeper, he's rostered in 12% of leagues, um, which is bizarre to me. Um, so that's the first one. And then looking at the second one is obviously, um, it could be a hit or miss, but Osborne. Osborne has had looked good, and I will say he received less targets this week than he did week one. He got nine targets week one, six week two. Um, Osborne looks to be a part of that offense. I mean, he's got that wide receiver three role absolutely locked in, um, and, and and it's it's awesome to see that. And Kirk Cousins is slinging that ball right now, so they're they're throwing it a bunch. And I mean, Osborne is benefiting from it. So those are my two guys that I'd be going for this week. Yeah,
0: I like that. And I, I told Jeremy that I would I would throw some of his up there, and he happened to have a whole lot of receivers on his. So let me pull him up real quick yep. and, and let's show you guys, cause it has one guy that I really, really, uh, I think people are waiting for us to mention and I will, there we go. Let's share that screen and give Jeremy some props. He had to get some sleep. So um, Jeremy, great graphics guy, by the way, Pope's FFH, there's Cordell Patterson, Cordero Patterson, Rondale Moore.
1: Yep. That's what I left for you. Yep. <laughs> yeah.
0: The snaps keep going up and the production keeps going up. He's averaging over 14 yards per catch after the catch. This guy is, he's just explosive. He's playmaker. KJ Osborne, another one. He's, he's very underowned. Braxton Berrios. So something that is. You know, we're kind of going back and forth on the NFT draft chat because the guy was like, How, what are the chances Braxton Berrios catches a ball week one? I'm like, eh, Not good. We caught like three for 55 yards at the end of the game. I'm like, All right. <laughs> well, then this week he caught like seven catches. Um, and I'm like, Why, why is, why is Braxton Berrios in there over Denzel Mims? Denzel Mims was a healthy scratch. Well, Berrios is the punt returner. So if you play special teams as, you know, running back or receiver, you kind of get that last roster spot. And then he's got Jack Doyle, which we can talk about for the tight ends, but make sure you follow my guy, Jeremy, at Popes, FFH.
1: Kind of crazy to see. I actually did not – I wasn't aware Barrios was hogging uh, that many targets. He had 11 targets last week, or I guess yesterday.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, he's bizarre. just – Yeah, he's just like uh, every time they get behind in the game, he's that he's that two-minute guy where they're playing the shell coverage and he's just thinking dunk, dink and dunk the rest of the game. Um, but yeah, Rondell Moore, KJ Osborne, definitely guys you want to go after. Um, Zach Pascal and Tim Patrick are still super underowned. Those are guys that had both had good weeks this week, both had good weeks last week, and they're not owned. Sterling Shepard is still 54.6%. If you're in PPR leagues, you need to have Shepard on your roster or you need – he need to make sure he's rostered. Um, Jalen Rager, almost 60%, and then Michael Pittman, who had a huge week, um, he's a little over 60%. So those two guys are probably lesser um, available. Um, Shepard might be available, but Rondell Moore, 19.2%. Zach Pascal, 14 Tim Patrick, 128 K.J. Osborne, 1.1%. Quintez Cephas looked great today, 0.7%. Um, and then you have all of the Browns, <laughs> DPJ, Rashad Higgins. Um, then you have Barrios. then James Washington. And then, again, do not forget to stash Rashad Bateman. If he is available on your waiver wire, go get Rashad Bateman. Put him in your IR spot. Or if you don't have an IR spot and you got seven or eight bench, snag that dude. Put him on the bottom of your roster because he could end up you know, he could end up blowing up and you let somebody pick him up for free. So go get some Rashad Bateman Um, and then Christian Kirk. Um, So Christian Kirk has burned a lot of people. So a lot of people are wanting to avoid him and I get it. And I like Rondell Moore better, but with Larry Fitzgerald out, Larry Fitzgerald has always held Christian Kirk back because Christian Kirk, he looks like a slot receiver. Yeah. And Larry Fitzgerald was man in the slot and they weren't going to move him over. And I know with, you know, the new offense, they sometimes do run four receiver sets where they have two slots, but Larry Fitzgerald was still eating a lot of targets, taking a lot of those routes. I know AJ green still in there mucking things up, but Christian McCaffrey, Aaron Christian McCaffrey, Christian Kirk. Um, he's, he's been a, a had healthy target shared last couple of weeks. He's someone that, had the huge week one, not as big of a week two, um, but you could, you could still pick him up. He's available in 20, you know, he's available in 75% of your leagues. Yeah. Tight ends. We could probably go pretty quickly through this one. Any tight ends that you are targeting this week?
1: The only ones that I would say, and this is just very similar to you to what you were mentioning, kind of just like a stash play. Um, if, if Jarwin is Dan, or I'm sorry, not Jarwin. If, um, Landry Jarvis Landry is down. the Browns wide receivers really comes down to potentially Donovan People's Jones Schwartz um, and kind of and, and Higgins. that to me doesn't sound appealing. I think Baker Baker loves his tight ends so we've seen Hooper have some successful games so I would snag up Hooper. I think the last time I saw Hooper and even looking at him right now rostered in 35% of leagues. Um, Hooper could be a good pickup for the tight ends. Um, and surprisingly, so could Harrison Bryant. He, he actually had some pretty good games last year. Um, he mm-hmm. saw as many catches as Hooper last week, as many targets as Hooper last week. Um, I think he's a more agile, more athletic tight end out of those two. Um, he's, he's stashing all my dynasty leagues. So when I look at that, I, I think the, the Browns tight ends are worth, worth stashing whichever one you want. Um, but I think that's, that's worth a look into.
0: No, I love that. Yeah, yesterday, um, Hooper had five targets, five catches. Um, and then Harrison Bryant, they're actually throwing the ball down the field to him. So yeah. um, you know, he's pretty athletic for a tight end. So I like that. And yeah, you're gonna see a whole lot of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt with yep. those running backs out, which means a whole lot of 12 personnel and a whole lot of tight end action. So you may not see, you know, you're gonna see a lot of three and four receiver sets. Um you know, guys that I had on the list were Hooper, Gerald Everett, Jared Cook, and Evan Ingram. Yep. And Jared Cook, I wanted to bring up because he has what ESPN is saying is the best matchup of the week. So Jared Cook had a better Week One than a Week Two, but he's in you know a very solid offense that has Keenan Allen and Mike Williams just flourishing. Um, You also have Austin Eckler there, but Jared cook presents a very good red zone threat and you can see him hit the end zone. So let's, let's talk about defenses before we go. And again, I'm just going to say this. Don't just look at the strength of schedule or the matchup. Remember all of these quarterback injuries. So when you look at the Raiders, are you going to get Derek Carr or are you going to get Nathan Peterman? Cause that's gonna that's gonna be a big difference when you're looking at that team, not only at all the weapons around them, because they're probably not gonna have Jacobs. Then they may not have Peterman. And they may not have um, Carr. So then they got Peterman. You could see, you know, Miami, who was one of the top scoring defenses last year, creating a lot of turnovers and everything. And no one's gonna really want to touch Miami after their you know, the performance they put on this weekend. They could be widely available. Arizona gets the Jaguars. They looked a lot better this week, but they still have turnovers. They allow sacks. You could see – and Arizona has – their defensive line has been all over people. Yep. That could be another one. Who are some defenses that you're targeting this week?
1: I was I was going to go with Arizona uh, just because we've seen what T-Law can do. Yes, he he's had some shiny moments, but – Man, when he throws those picks, they're ugly picks. Um, it's it's a rookie, it, it, it's a rookie mistake. It's that rookie mindset. Um, Arizona's one of them. I will go out on a limb, and they have had two weeks that have not looked the best, but I just don't see them having a terrible week if if Jacob Eason is playing, but a sneak flex, and they were a top 10 defense all of last year, which is baffling to me. But Tennessee. Um yep. Tennessee could come out, and, I mean, if it is Jacob Eason, which it sounds like it will be um, for a few weeks with Indianapolis, this is Tennessee's chance, Mike Vrabel's chance for his defense to kind of, all right, let's, let's align back on where we should be. Um, but they could have a pretty good week as well. So Tennessee and Arizona for me are just some pickups and just play, play them and see what happens.
0: Yeah, and I want to throw out there the Panthers. We had talked about it before the show. Um, so the Panthers defense looks really good. They got a lot of draft picks on that defense. They spent their entire draft last year on defense, and they went their first pick this year, defense. Yep. Um, so yeah, Matt Matt Rule is a defensive, he's a defensive guy. They've also, you know, picked up a few veterans to throw in there, but they got some playmakers. They were all over the Jets week one. They were all over Jameis Winston and the Saints last week. Yep. The defense looks for real, and they may get Davis – well, not they may. They will get Davis Mills this Thursday. So that is my number one defense this week is the Carolina Panthers. And the Carolina Panthers, they could be 3-0 and yeah. in three days. Yep. And, and that's – they're a very exciting franchise. Their social media is a lot of fun. Follow them on Twitter. They are one of the funniest follows as far as teams. Um, but they they had a lot of great things. Like the the Panther going around all over the field was crazy to the other yeah. day. But yeah. their draft footage. I mean, I don't know if you saw the videos, but they they released like a six part series of their behind the scenes footage from the draft, and it was cool to see their process, to see the calls to the players, or them talking about picks. I mean, they they were, hey, what does that guy want? He's oh, yeah. he's still, still yeah. going to do that? No, tell him I want this. I know he said he's sticking to the same offer. Well, tell him to go fuck off. Like we're, we're not taking it like, all right, we're going to make the pick. Um, yeah. you know, so like they, they have a really fun owner. Um, he's a stock market guy. So he's, a uh, you know, he's not afraid to take some chances. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's a lot of fun. So, so yeah, those are the picks this week. Make sure everyone goes out and don't forget to make the waiver claim. Um, You know, and then also like, remember who you're cutting. Don't go and cut everybody and add everybody. We just said, you don't want to do that every single week. Look for the top priorities, prioritize them. And when you use your fab, I don't mind using my fab early in the season, because if I use, like I, I paid a lot of money for Teddy Bridgewater last week in my league because it's super flex league. Yeah. And if I have Teddy Bridgewater for 17 weeks and I got him for $26 week two, Basically paid like two dollars a week. Yep. I don't look at it. That's a twenty-six dollar purchase. But if I buy that player, you know, I purchased that that I spend that fab money week sixteen. Yep, I'm only paying twenty. I'm paying twenty-six dollars for one game or to put them on my bench. No thanks. Yep. So yep. Um, I don't. I don't mind spending it early so you guys can stretch it out. Just again, you don't have to go out and get these guys if you're doing well. Your team's two and zero. You don't have to make a lot of changes. Um, But, you know, these are guys that we're prioritizing just to go through the top guys. Tony Pollard, Justin Fields, Rondell Moore, um, Austin Hooper, Arizona, Carolina. Um, Who am I missing?
1: I think, I mean, Osborne. I love Osborne. So Osborne, Osborne, Alexander
0: Madison. Yep. And, And you know
1: what? I, I do want to throw one more name in there. If Cooper, if Amari Cooper misses time, Cedric Wilson is is a name to look out for in Dallas. Um, they sling the ball a lot, and Cedric Wilson is is their wide receiver through right now with Gallup hurt. Um, I, I believe Gallup comes back week five or six, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, fingers crossed. But until then, if Cooper does miss this next game, Cedric Wilson could be a sneaky play.
0: Yeah, and then to go through the running backs, we said James White, Latavius Murray, Kenny Gainwell, Tony Jones, Cordero Patterson, and Jermichael Hasty. All right. Boom. And and Michael Carter. All right, well, good luck this week, everybody. Make sure you give Ralph a follow at LobosFF10. Check out his alphas of the week. Hashtag be an alpha. We're out.